1: Hello, podcast listeners, and thank you for joining us for the Tree Deacons Podcast today. My name is Kevin Bland, and I'm a shareholder in our Orange County, California office. Here with me today is Karen Tynan, a Sacramento shareholder. Today we have an interesting podcast. It's about abatement, which I don't think gets spoken of uh, enough in workplace safety. We'll be talking about the real workplace safety issues that you have to deal with with abatement, how the division interacts with abatement, and how they can try to use it as a sword (laughs) (laughs) against you. Karen, let's talk a little bit about abatement here. So, what first? Let's talk about the. You know, there's a couple uh, types of citations, and they may have some different nuances about abatement. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that?
0: Well. Abatement, and we've never even touched on this in a podcast, Kevin, so this is an entirely new topic, but we we deal with it on almost every case. So I think it's important for safety professionals, GCs, operational types to really understand abatement because it can be an issue in citation. So abatement is addressing the hazard, resolving the allegations of the citation in a way that Dosh, the division agrees or accepts that you have abated a hazard. You had resolved the hazard, you've addressed the hazard. And so abatement, when you see it on the citations, right? Sometimes the citation allegations will indicate abated during inspection.
1: Yeah, it's right right there at the bottom next to that. Like they have penalty and right. It's by the dollar amount, right? right. right
0: or they'll have a future date after the citations are issued. And I find that some inspectors are almost random yeah. <laughs> in deciding the date. Some will say it needs to be 10 days after the citations are issued, or some will put it a month out or uh, whatever. I, I don't really see a lot of rhyme and reason for how they choose the dates, but I think it's important for people to understand that the citation Language around abatement shouldn't be just kind of skipped over or ignored. That it actually can become an important issue in a case.
1: Yeah, good good point, Karen. I mean, a couple things that that happen uh, with abatement, uh, and where and we you know we talked of, we started to talk a little bit about general and serious. Yes. there's something that's important for folks to know. One is a general. Uh, based on Title Eight in the Labor Code, it is presumed abated at the time of the issuance. So in other words, there's no duty to send them an abatement form or talk about abatement on a general prior to the case being completed. Sirius is a little different.
0: <laughs> and let's dive into that yeah. because I think it's a, it's one of the most important areas that is a, a, quite a rub in Sirius. So I want to spend some time on that, Kevin. So take us through a Sirius citation that has an abatement issue.
1: The way it's written in the code, let's talk about some timing first. We get often, or I've seen it a lot, I don't know if you've seen it as much up north, but I've seen it where before we even get the citations, they're sending you abatement forms and wanting you to fill those <laughs> up. Until you have the citation and you have the allegation, and you have it in your hand, you don't want to bait, and it could be used as an admission potentially, right? Exactly. They say they can't use abatement, but a kidney. But the timing, technically, if it's a straight serious, not a serious accident related, not a willful, not a repeat, a straight serious, if you abate within 10 days of receiving the citation, they are supposed to give a 50% credit on the penalty, right? Now, the reality of that is that most times it's already given, presuming you're going to abate. And if it isn't given, it's part of settlement later. So Although the 10-day mark is important, and that's what the law says, there's a practical side, it's not as important on the date. Now, when I talk about importance, if it is a legitimate issue from a safety standpoint, you've probably fixed it right after the inspector left. But we're not talking about in the context of, Fixing what was wrong, because we're presuming, and our clients have already done it, and I presume safety professionals listen to this, they've already fixed what it is. We're talking about not the abatement being used as a trap for admissions and, and, and that sort of thing. So if you have a serious and you don't abate, you don't send the form, I'm not even going to say don't abate, you don't send the form in, right. then you end up in the expedited process. The
0: 161, as we call mm-hmm. it. Yes,
1: the 161. So, Karen, do you want to kind of explain, what does that mean being in the expedited process? Is it a big deal? Is it not a big deal? It, is, the, a, it
0: is a big deal. And so when you have a serious citation that you, you've you got abatement pending, you haven't abated. And let's say you've appealed the citation. What's going to happen is after the appeals board sends you the notice that the appeal's been submitted, right? Get a little email back. Pretty soon, week or so, two weeks later, you're going to get this a little bit of an alarming email from the appeals board and it's going to say we have no information that this is abated you will be on the expedited track within so many days a short number of days and that expedited track is quite fast it means you are going to have a hearing at least the start of a hearing in six months and You might think, oh, well, six months. Yeah, I've got my witnesses. I've got my documents. That is fast. And we don't like being on the expedited track because we're so pinched to get. uh, Maybe we need to depose the inspector. Maybe we need some better photographs. Maybe we need to get some declarations from someone. Also, um, you know, when you have your serious out there, and it is not final you haven't had a a hearing on it you haven't settled it for like the pre-qualifications that i know you work with with a lot of those crane contractors and construction people we don't want these serious citations final the expedited track also the the judges control the timeline and the discovery and the the work that you have to do it happens very fast. Yeah. you agree, Kev?
1: Yeah, I agree. And I'm going to add to it, too, because I think it's we've got an operation where if we need to go to trial in yes. 140 days, we can do it. We can <laughs> right. do it tomorrow if we have to. We've got the resources. Yes. The state doesn't necessarily. So they, we also can use it as a tool against them, right, Karen, right. Uh, right. to where either force their hand. Right. Right. As Karen said, we would rather have the time and mm-hmm. do that. But so there's a there's a, a, a double edge push and pull with this. The people that hate it the most are the judges because <laughs> it jams their calendar up and they know they're not going to get get the trial finished in uh, the 160 days.
0: Absolutely. And the one thing I've seen, I want to talk about that expedited track. So I've had a case where we're on the expedited track and we're fighting about abatement. Right. The employer says, hey, That machine is guarded by location and I'm not going to add another set of guards to it or some, right, some casing. And you're going back and forth and the district manager and the inspector say, no, it's not guarded by location and you must do this. Well, pretty soon you get about three weeks from trial and suddenly the district manager's like, okay, it's guarded by location. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't want to want to indicate that we're playing chicken because it sounds a little bit like that if you can abate it, get it resolved, get off the expedited track, I think it's important. And a lot of times employers are kind of shocked by the expedited track, by that kind of notice. And we'll get this panicked call or email that says, my gosh, I didn't know there was this special track.
1: Right. Right. Let's say we have a a serious that hasn't, the form. And remember, I keep saying The form hasn't been sent to prove abatement. Doesn't mean that there's this unfixed issue out there. Like Karen's example, guarded by by location. They just disagree with the application of the thing. So keep in mind that the only time that you have an absolute duty to abate is when you have a final order from a judge that says you lost the case. And you got to fix what they said you needed to fix, right? And, uh, and, or if you just pay them and don't appeal, then you just accepted what they (laughs) say you got to do. So it's important to recognize that the duty to abate doesn't arise until a final order. Now, we want to abate, we want to do that. So let's talk a little bit about things that can then happen, like filling out the abatement forms. Karen, what's, what's some of the, the things that happen filling out the abatement forms? And how does that, just kind of technically, how does that work with the forms?
0: Right. So you have the form for a general citation and form for a serious. They're two different forms. So the most basic mistake is that the employer does the wrong form, right? Yeah. They do the general form for the serious or the serious for the general. And, and that can happen if you don't do this all the time, right? right. Another mistake that I'll see is that The employer will offer this big explanation, but in fact, let's say with a construction company, well, you're no longer at that site. You're no longer doing that task. So it's been abated, the condition, the hazard, by the fact that you're no longer doing that work, but the employer will write this glorious Shakespearean paragraph (laughs) about everything they've done, but they really need to, right? Mm -hmm. They've abated it because the work closed out on that Oakland apartment building or the factory they were working on out in Riverside. What do you think about that kind of mistake? And have you seen that?
1: Yes, I have. And and the issue with that mistake is that less is more, right? You need to, (laughs) because that document becomes, and we'll get to this in a little bit about penalty for failure to bait or things you say you do and you didn't do again. So, Keep that in mind. If someone wasn't tied off and you got a citation for failure for an employee to tie off, the abatement is they tied off. Yes. The next day they tied off, right? Right. And maybe you had a training day, employee retrain, whatever it is, but keep it uh, succinct and in compliance. And and although abatement can't be used as admissions, it has gotten in. I've had it happen and I've had them try to do it and not successfully. And I've had them try to to do it in the judge that we happen to have for that case said, yeah, we'll we'll let it in. And so keeping that in the back of your mind, regardless of what they say, the example you were talking about too, when the project's over, sometimes that is what the abatement is. And this is what, and I should have articulated this. What I'm trying to say is the abatement is of the hazard that was identified at the time of the inspection it isn't all the hazards it isn't everything in the universe it is that particular so if it was fair to tie off on that job and by a particular person that's the abatement if it was a column fell over and you put the column back up and it's in concrete now that's abated the method in which it was uh, fixed isn't as important now the culture tries to make it that way why i think this is my cynical view is it gives them a road map when you say how you did it after the accident ha- happened, it gives them their roadmap to try, to try to claim that's how you should have done it to begin with, whether yes. right or wrong.
0: I agree, Kevin, and what I see sometimes employers will think, well, gosh, I'm gonna, I, and I like your fall protection thing, uh, example. So you had a guy that didn't tie off. So then the employer for abatement, and, and this is like when we're coming in late in the case, and the employer has submitted an abatement that says, I've had a West Coast stand down on fall protection. (laughs) I have retrained 400 employees in fall protection. I have, right? and, And it sounds good. And it probably is what a safety professional wants to do. But, and you can do that. You don't have to say that on the abatement form, right?
1: And we we (laughs) oftentimes recommend, hey, have a stand down, remind everybody what the rule is or whatever. But that's not the abatement of the hazard, right, Karen? That's what you're trying to say. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I think that's important. And that's why I really love that we're doing this podcast, because I think it gives some real world help to California employers, to safety professionals, to those operational people. That want to know how can I abate this? What's my best way forward, and how do I not kind of make a misstep in abatement? I've got these citations. Gosh, you know it was unfortunate, and and it's just an area that they can also make some mistakes in.
1: Right. Well, and you know we just did a podcast on uh, inspector tactics. Yes. They use this is one tactic they use on this abatement early on in the case. Say fix this, fix this, fix that, and we won't get you a citation, that's abatement. Well, yeah. you get the citations anyway, or they before you get the citations, like we said earlier. So
0: yes, and and let's talk a little bit more about how abatement gets used. Cause I know you've had some cases where let's say you're headed to trial and your opposing counsel wants to know about abatement, right? That you're three years in, you know, we've been through COVID, there's a slow track on cases. And your counsel on the other side is asking you about abatement. And what do you think of that as, as kind of a hammer maybe they're trying to use?
1: Oh, yeah, well, first of all, don't <laughs> don't don't think that because they say it, it's correct. I mean, I got an email where abatement in this particular case, we had complied with the regulation. They issued a citation anyway, and then abatement. They wouldn't accept it. Hey, here's the picture of the certificate of training that the person had at the time of your inspection. Well, no, it isn't good enough. It wasn't effective because the accident happened or whatever. And we got into this abatement argument. we were starting trial. The next day she goes, well, you know, you're going to have to prove abatement at trial tomorrow. I go, (laughs) no, you have to prove that you have a valid citation against my client and our defense is we were in compliance with it right. so th- there is no abatement until the judge until unless i lose if you lose there's nothing yes. to abate uh and so don't fall into that that, that trap, because they say trap. yeah the other one is uh when they try to get you a, a, a famous iipp was ineffective Be- and they don't say this because the accident happened but that's really the reality yes. of it and then they're saying well send us uh abatement okay well RIPP is effective,
0: is yes.
1: the abatement. And I said, well, how do you prove it? Well, how are you going to prove it was ineffective, right? right? And and so we get into this tit for tat with that. And it's really, frankly, it's a waste of resources. But remember, the only thing that the Title VIII says that has to be in the document, the name and address of the employer, the inspection number, the citation items that the submission relates to, And a statement, basically under penalty of perjury, that what you've said in this document is accurate and correct, right? And then a signature of whoever signed it, whoever's saying it under penalty of perjury. It doesn't say you have to attach all 10 programs that this relates to or one program or, or anything or a picture or whatever. And that gets misused and abused so often. And I've seen it more I'd say the last six months. So I don't know. Maybe they had a training class internal on it or something.
0: I think they must have. OSHA must have. Because I've seen inspectors and district managers uh, asking for photos. So you submit a statement that yeah. says, you know, whatever, right? The extension cords were moved. Yeah. Well, submit a photo. Okay. So now I'm going to submit a blank, a photo of a corner without an extension. Okay. <laughs> right, <laughs> that's like, no, yeah. we, that's no. not. And I, no. I like what you're saying is, Comply with the regulation. The regulation doesn't say you have to submit photographs to prove that your statement that you're signing is true.
1: Yeah, no. So the people that are new right. that are coming in don't understand the intent behind it and it gets frustrating.
0: Right. When the regulation was written, yeah. the regulation wasn't written that you have to provide photographs and supporting documents. You have to submit a statement yeah. of what you've done. And sometimes it's very simple employee has been trained. Sometimes it's a little more, right? The machine is guarded by location, so it varies. And Kevin, I want to talk about, as we kind of close out here, we've got to talk about failure to abate, penalties for failure to abate, how that can be really a hammer, and some of the pitfalls. Because I think employers think, okay, I'll submit this. Maybe they'll come out and check. Maybe the inspector won't. What about failure to abate?
1: so first let me define failure to abate failure to abate means you have failed to correct something once the judges said you need to do it right Right. uh or it could be if it's the appeals over and it wasn't part of the order because you maybe you didn't appeal it and you signed the document saying that it was uh, abated and it's a fifteen thousand dollar a day a day a day penalty for failure to abate and they are going to come out two days after you have submitted the document they're going to come out 30 days 60 days yes. six months later i've had uh, a couple failure to uh, abate uh, cases that we had to uh, appeal right. and those penalties were one was a million dollars another one was 400 and something thousand and these were on a couple generals yeah and stuff you know in some cases they didn't, I'll mean, I just throw this out, don't have an IAPP and you send them in a thing and said you have an IP, and they come back and you still don't have an IAPP. You know, I mean, right. that's, uh, that's just, a, it's not a real example, but it's a potential example, right?
0: I like sharing this because I think failure to abate is a pretty big hammer. And it means that when you submit your abatement documents or, or you make this statement that you're going to implement a heat illness plan, or you're going to guard that machine, or you're going to provide training, you better do it. You don't want to set yourself up for that kind of inspection on a failure to abate. Because also, okay, I would say that a lot of inspectors and district managers, they have a a personal kind of passion around a failure to abate case. They're offended. They feel like you're trying to get over on them. And so they're going to be very aggressive.
1: Yeah. The labor code and the title eight regulations allows that aggressions do yes. substantial penalties and the inspection. You know, people ask, are they going to come and reinspect me? Well, it's a percentage. They, right. I think it's like 10% of new re-inspections. But if you haven't done it and you fall in that 10%, that's a big risk. The other thing that happens sometimes is that maybe you don't fall in this random? The chance of getting a random is pretty slim. But if something isn't done, you have complaint, right? right. Employee calls anonymously he says, "Hey, they didn't fix those things because you post your citations, right, on right. the board." And they, yeah, so, so it's not something to mess with. That's for sure.
0: I think that's a good closing message: <laughs> is is to be really aware and knowledgeable about abatement and what your duties are, what the process is, and what the pitfalls are.
1: Yeah. Couldn't be said any better than that. So with that magnificent closing, thanks for listening to Karen and I uh, this afternoon. Look for our blog posts and articles and webinars on Ogletree.com. Have a great, safe day.
0: Bye, guys.